want to give out a new Patreon subscriber shout out, uh, John Squires. Thanks so much for supporting the show, John. We love you. If you want to see how you can support the show and get rewarded with more bloody goodies, make sure to check out patreon.com slash bedisgustingpod. Woohoo! First call. Hi, I'm David Collins from Cincinnati. I'm an anime fan, and I'm curious what horror-based anime you all might recommend. I mean, this could be you know, animated movies, anime uh, shows, things like that that are within the horror realm. Uh, love the show. Love all. Love all things horror, guys. Keep it up. You guys rock. Thanks. Bye. Thanks so much, David. And what everyone didn't hear was also a really cool conversation about costumes regarding our last show that David also enjoyed. We appreciate it, David. We just trimmed it down a little bit for the sake of time. Uh, I'll start out with anime horror because I have a really short answer. I've watched like two ever. Uh, Early, early on when the sci-fi channel like was first kicking off and started playing anime like Akira and stuff like that, yeah, I caught Vampire Hunter D. Oh, nice. And I think I actually saw the sequel to that too later on. And I've seen a little bit of Death Note. I assume that counts as horror. Yes, uh, I think but, so. But, that, but that's honestly all I've seen. I've never really gotten that into anime except One Punch Man. He might be manga. I'm not sure. But One Punch Man is awesome, too. And it's not horror, but you can watch it. Some of it's kind of creepy. <laughs> Good deal. How about you, too? What about you, Megan? Um, first of all, here's your reminder uh, in connection to the Halloween costume to keep digging because people have requested your baby wolf man outfit. Uh, still digging. I, I know. It's there somewhere. I even asked my mom. She's going through photo albums. But, Aww. you know, she's yeah. of the generation where all our photos are photo albums and she's got stacks. So we're See? looking. Zeta, did you have like costumes from childhood? Because I actually found one of me as a witch the other day. Aww. And I'm like, it's halfway to Halloween month. We if we could get all three of us, we should post that. No, oh, you know what? No, it's crazy because my parents, like, they never allowed us to dress up. Meanwhile, they're letting us watch like Death by Temptation when I'm four. <laughs> but no, yeah, but I mean the earliest I have is maybe when I'm like a teenager, and maybe I can Aww. find that. That could yeah, work. No, sucks. That could work. You're still baby Zena. I guess. I didn't like her, though. I don't know. Aw, I bet she was fabulous still. Um, But since I've gotten way off tangent, I don't have a whole lot either because anime is kind of a blind spot for me. Um, So Perfect Blue, I feel like that one is a must. Uh, It's a movie, so there's not a whole lot of commitment there. It's not a series. Um, Very psychological twisty. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Junji Ito Collection because I love anything mm-hmm. Junji Ito and it, this yes. is kind of anthology series. Um, so I think it might be better if you are not a diehard fan because it's always like it's, a, it's an adaptation. So trying to capture his art style is not the same, but I like it anyway. Um, and then I know like anime is typically Japanese, but I also included Soul Station, the um, animated oh, nice. prequel to Train to Busan. That's also available in like Shutter and lots of places. It's very, very different. So if you like Train to Busan, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to like Soul Station because it's a little more kind of screwed up. But I liked it. So, yeah. What okay. about you? Um. So when with our caller... Uh, he kind of mentioned something light, right? So I, I, I tried to start off with stuff light and then I ease him into some other stuff. <laughs> uh, the first one, I mentioned this one. It's a movie 
Um, it used to be kind of a series, but they placed it together as a movie on Tubi called Hells from 2008 with the teenage girl who um, she's rushing to school and then she dies and then she's in hell with these demons and she tries to get back home. Um, that one's a lot of fun. Very, even though it's it's there's there's it's pretty bloody and there's some stuff in it and she died and there's demons around her. It's still fun. Um, and then another one I, I feel like it's kind of similar, um, especially it's a little bit lighthearted. It's called School Live from 2015. And it's basically about this girl who goes to this private boarding school and then there's a zombie outbreak and it takes over the school, infects students, teachers, but she's living in a fantasy world. And her, you know, her friends, they try to like keep her lighthearted, keep, try to keep her happy because, you know, they don't want to like break her little spirit. Um, so yeah, they, it's, it's pretty cute though. And then it's actually a manga, but then there's an anime series and then a live action movie came out in 2019, but I haven't seen the live action, but I know that the series, it is available on Vudu and Amazon. And then, uh, a, a last anime, this is like real hardcore stuff, but it rocked my just it's just great called Gantz. It's like a sci-fi horror and um, it's not light at all. It's, it's very gruesome. The murders are horrible. There are disturbing scenes, but it's fun. And I feel like you need it. Uh, these two men, they save this homeless guy's life, but then they end up dead. And then when they wake up, they find themselves in this like empty apartment. They see like this huge black spear and it goes by Gantz. And from there, they basically, they're sent on like different assignments where they have to kill like these aliens. So there's a series from 2004. Um, then there's films from like 2010, 11. And then a recent one came out, I want to say like in 2016. It might be on Netflix. And then as a bonus, that's not an anime, but it is really cute, uh, called Victor and Valentino on Cartoon Network. It's a little spooky cartoon about Aww. these two brothers who they live in this town and they're they're searching for like supernatural things and and their grandma is a spooky little grandma she's great so there you go that sounds awesome so I'm curious because I don't have nearly as much exposure into anime horror as you do obviously where would Vampire Hunter D exist on a spectrum like a scale of one to ten of easy getting into anime and 10 which evidently is what Gantz is um I think it, it it depends I I watched the anime but I haven't read any of the, the the mangas so I don't I can't tell like the difference with that but I think that it's pretty up there because it is a bloody one it's got some pretty gruesome deaths yeah like pretty intense deaths and like dismemberments and stuff like that I mm -hmm. guess because I just I don't have like the frame of reference it's hard to tell. Like, if I only ever, if the only horror movie I ever saw was High Tension, I might be like, is this what they're all like? <laughs> you or... know, yeah, th there's something to be said about that because one of the first horror animes I ever saw, I was a teen and I think it was like Wicked City or something like that. Oh, yeah. And that one is very gory, but it's also like, I'm pretty sure that one has tentacle rape and I was uh, very, yeah. very confused as to what the hell was happening and yeah. I did not know if that's how they all were and mm -hmm. I did not really dabble for a while because I'm like this this seems like it's not really horror anymore. Right. And Oh, it's horror alright. I mean yeah. It, yeah, but that's not really <laughs> That's a different the, kind of search that's usually done in incognito mode. It's like mm -hmm. intense versus ex yeah, it's a whole different ballgame. That's not really what I had in mind. Right. I that's fair. And I think I appreciate knowing that about you. <laughs>
All right, that was the first and only call this week. Welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hello. And you know her from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and for her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hi. Back in her closet. Yay. She's home again. (laughs) And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode usually drops, we hope that your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. If this episode drops Thursday, it's because I didn't react the best to my second vaccine dose and didn't want to do any podcasting. Sorry about that. Regardless, we're going to do our quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So Zeno, it's been filling your heart this week. So I finally checked out the movie Slacks on um, Shutter from 2021. A possessed pair of jeans terrorizes uh, trapped workers at a trendy clothing store. And uh, for those of you like me who worked in retail, you can find this very relatable. Killer jeans and all. Because you see some stuff working in in, in retail. Um, I I love the fact that this one has such a goofy premise. But it Mm -hmm. actually has like a deep meaning to it. And yeah, yeah, we've had like similar movies um, like Deathbed, The The Bed That Eats, Rubber and Fabric, Killer Sofa. Um, But I like the fact that with this movie, the the characters are actually likable. So that's always like such an awesome thing for me. You have uh, this girl, she just started working at CCC, a.k.a. Canadian Cotton Clothers. <laughs> I don't know, just <laughs> Okay, because it's just like, they just sound like, just, they're terrible. Yeah. You know, yeah. they try to seem cool, but they're terrible. But, yes. you know, you feel you feel bad for this young girl because her name is Libby, and she's really excited. I mean, she's really wet behind the ears, just like she's excited to be a part of the family and, you know, yeah, right? Because she feels like she's working at a company where they're the Drink good that guys. Kool-Aid, yeah. Yeah, and so it's just like, we've all had that. And you know what? I used to work at Forever 21. I used to work at Windsor. I worked at a couple of like consignment shops. And yeah, it's cool because you get first dibs on the clothes. You you get a great discount. Um, but it's it's not that great sometimes. Um, yeah. Anyway, so these pair of jeans, um, I won't spoil it or anything like that. But at the same time, I'm not going to lie. Like they are a fabulous pair of jeans and they fit like a dream. Like it's insane. They mold to your body. I would buy it. I would risk my life for those <laughs> jeans. And, you know, it's 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 unfortunate because the people working at the store, even if they didn't have those killer jeans on the loose, they kind of were at risk because of the manager, Craig. He's just horrible. He's just a yeah. horrible person. And honestly, I, I've had managers like him where they say like, oh, we're all a family, but you're just a number. That's that's all it is. You're, you're just a number. And it sounds harsh, but it's the truth. Um, but again, even though it has like this really goofy, um, you know, fun setup, I feel like it's a pretty awesome movie and it's actually pretty dark. Um, yeah, I recommend. Very gory. <laughs> yeah, very gory. There's some dancing, you know, in there. Uh, yes. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I want and, more uh, Bollywood numbers in my horror. Right. We we need that. I feel like it's something that we've been missing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I recommend giving it, giving it a shot if you just want to have a good time and or and or if you worked in retail, so you might as well. <laughs> so, but Megan, you watched it. I did. I saw this at Fantasia last year. Pretty sure. You, it was Fantasia you last fancy year. Yeah. pants. 
fancy fancy. Yeah. It was virtual, <laughs> and it's going to be virtual this year, too. That's still fancy. But no, um, so then the next thing I, I checked out, I watched Within from 2016 on HBO. A widower, his daughter, and his new wife move into a peaceful neighborhood. At first, it appears to be a perfect neighborhood, but the family quickly realizes that something is not right about their new home. So uh, this one actually really surprised me. I was expecting it to be kind of like a lifetime thriller. What are we going to do, mom and dad? Right? <laughs> which, <laughs> which there's nothing wrong with that. I, I live for lifetime thrillers, but it is so much more. Um, this was actually written by Gary Duberman. And I kind of had like a Gary Duberman um, weekend. He wrote this one. And he also wrote like the Annabelle movies, The Nun it the sequel to it and so much more like i really like him i think he's a great writer and i'm really looking forward to him directing more anyway um so there's a teenage girl named hannah and she's she's the one that discovers that there's something not right about the house she's basically cleaning up the garage because the garage has items from the previous family she finds out that that family that used to live there they were murdered right then just before they moved in, the family, there was another family, but they disappeared. Like, no one's ever seen them. So it's like, hey, what keeps, like, what's happening with this family, with these families, you know? So I'm not going to lie, this this movie, it does have familiar, you know, tropes in horror that, that we've seen before. Uh-huh. But I don't want to spoil it and explain why. Yeah. Okay. what happened and, and stuff and I even recommend don't watch a trailer don't read a synopsis just give it a shot you know okay. it is very it's it's short and stuff like that I thought it was a lot of fun um and the soundtrack there is a song that does something to my soul like <laughs> I don't I don't know like I wish I could play it for you guys right now seriously it's like mind blow because it's like wait a minute what is that you know it just sounds that great but again Find it on YouTube and send it after I, I will. I will. Okay. And like, we don't own the rights, so it will not be appearing on this show. <laughs> no, no. But I could maybe sneak that in on a Patreon uh, yes. newsletter. Ooh. Like, you want to check out this song? Go, yes. go on YouTube here. There you go. And um, just the thing, too, just, I know that this one, it doesn't have, like, the, the best ratings. Um, this movie is far from perfect, but I had a lot of fun with it. It was very straightforward. It was lighthearted. I didn't mind the characters. There's some gross stuff in there. Like imagine you move into to a house or, you know, even even with the house that, that I live in, you know, being home alone or, you know, it's it's a good size house. Sometimes you hear some weird stuff. Sometimes oh. there might be something in your walls. Who knows? You know, so but this yeah. is why pets are good. Pets are good. They for are. That. They are. And they actually well, okay, that's a spoiler. I won't mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I, I thought what? <laughs> But no, that's uh, that's that's all I watched. So, what about you, Megan? I checked out the gin. Um, it's at Panic Fest, which is virtual. Um, which, if you are not following us on any of our socials, because I pretty much plug this in all of our socials, Panic Fest is going through the 18th, and uh, tickets are available on Inventive. You could buy them a la carte. So, yeah, this this was one of them. Um, and if you don't want to check out anything at Panic Fest, uh, this will be coming to theaters and VOD on May 14th. So it's a brand new movie that's not, it's coming out of the fest cycle. Uh, nice. But it is about a mute boy. He is trapped in his apartment with a sinister monster when he makes a wish to fulfill his heart's greatest desire. So this is like an odd one in the sense that. Uh, David Carbonaire or Charbonnier and Justin Powell 
they had a movie that premiered at Fantastic Fest's virtual edition last year called The Boy Behind the Door. And I freaking loved that because it was such a, I, I'm pretty sure I talked about it on, on an early episode, one of our earlier episodes of the podcast, but um, it was super suspenseful, super dark. This is, it's got one of the same boy leads and they, they give you the same suspense, but it's almost lighter in a way because it's supernatural and the subject mm-hmm. matter is lighter. But, um, so I really, I really love this too. I mean, they're, you know, boy behind the door will come out on shutter, uh, before, like after this one. So it's like the one I they that they put out first is going to come out after their sophomore feature, but they're both crazy suspenseful. Um, I really like, I thought at first that maybe this was going to be something similar I'd seen before. Um, I mean, it's very simple. It's all within the the space of an apartment. Uh, he's a mute boy. He just moved in. His dad's away as a radio DJ working the night shift. Uh, and he finds a book of shadows in the closet from the previous tenant who was an old man who died of old age. And he finds he's flipping through and he sees, oh, wish granting. And then, you know enter this supernatural genie who there are rules and they don't tell you the rules. Like at first I'm like, yeah, okay. But then they start adding more mythology, more rules, uh, intense scares. Like the whole third act, I was literally like squirming and flailing in my chair because, Aww. you know, like there's, there's things, obviously I don't want to spoil it for you, but it was just really well done. These are two filmmakers that I really would love for people to put on their radar because they take these simple ideas. There's obviously it's a low budget. I mean, it's super simple. There's one location. The story is paired back to its basics. And yet they let like the staging, the, the suspense building, like all of that stuff, they let do the heavy lifting and it works. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, because this boy, is mute there's not a whole lot of dialogue there is some kind of voiceover narration this is very like in the style of a fairy tale like a modern fairy tale even though it's set in the 80s so yeah i watched that one if you want to watch it early you like i said you can watch it um through inventive uh through panic fest through the 18th i believe so yeah um otherwise it'll be out next month so there's not really that long of a wait yeah, I yeah, loved I it. I saw the trailer for this one on Bloody Disgusting, and there's a there's one scene. It's not in the spoiler; it's in the trailer. But there's a spoiler, <laughs> or there's a scene where like the Jin, I assume, is standing behind who I'm assuming is the dad, and it kind of is reminiscent of that scene from um, uh, Insidious. Yeah, where, mm, uh, the I'll, red lipstick. Kind of, yeah, yeah, the red lip. Yeah, and like, but it was like, ooh, like it kind of caught my attention, like because sometimes. It all it takes is one scene to really yeah. be like, well, I want to check that out. So yeah. it's really good. There, there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, there is some familiarity uh, to the setup and some of the scares, but they they make it feel fresh. Um, so, yeah, I love I love what they've done so far. I mean, two for two. Come on. Put them on your radar. Put the gin. Because, I mean, nothing about the gin. Even the title seems pretty basic. But it's uh, I think there's some special behind the basic um, but yeah, and then also sticking with Panic Fest, I watched Caveat. Uh, Dark Sky Films is supposed to release that sometime this year. They just haven't announced when. So if you don't check it out at Panic Fest, then just watch it uh, when it comes out. I don't know. I'm sure we'll update you when we know. But this one is an odd little duck that I liked. Uh, it star- it's about a drifter. 
he just got released from a hospital after an extensive injury that left him with partial memory loss. So he's kind of aimless and jobless. He accepts a job from his former uh, landlord to look after, kind of babysit a psychologically disturbed woman. Um, He does not tell, the landlord doesn't tell the guy until they get there that she is on an island in this dilapidated house. There's no way for him to get help. Oh, and by the way, you will have to be harnessed and chained because she cannot, um, she doesn't want to be touched. She doesn't even, like, you'll be threatening to her. So he's he's basically confined to an even smaller space within this creepy little house. Um, and then obviously things go wrong. So it's part supernatural, but heavily psychological because memory loss plays a key role in unraveling what the heck is happening both with his life and how that ties to the house per se um and this one was a debut uh feature debut by damien mccarthy and i think it's it's a uk film it's very diy like everything about this house looks like overtly haunted disney's haunted mansion type of haunted house but it adds to this kind of almost Alice in Wonderland appeal where you almost feel like you're going crazy. So, uh, yeah, it's just really interesting. I think it kind of stretches plausibility in parts, uh, with how out there the storyline gets, but, uh, the payoff, the last act, I absolutely adored, um, pretty spooky stuff happens, but yeah, that is what I watched. I like that you said, and then things went wrong. And then things went wrong. I don't know at what point in the scenario you were setting up. I was thinking, you know what? I'll bet this is going to go just This is going to end up really swimmingly for the guy. This guy's going to work this job for 10 years and be so sad when he has to stop doing it. Yeah. Can't, what, why can't all jobs, our, our bosses, literally chain us to a space? I don't know. Sounds vaguely familiar for some people, <laughs> sure. So, yeah. That's what I watched. No. Let's hear about your uh, adventures, John. My adventures? Yes. Uh, well, my adventures started with Megan's Pick, 2015's The Devil's Candy on Hulu. Yeah. Uh, quick preface, the description I'm about to read you is from IMDb. It is not good. <laughs> <laughs> and I was too lazy to write a better one. A struggling painter possessed by dark forces after he and his young family move into their dream home in rural Texas in this creepy haunted house tale. That doesn't sum this up at all. No. Megan, though, before we get to that, why this one? All right, for a couple reasons. Uh, Killer soundtrack, for sure. Mm. I adore this filmmaker. I loved the twist on kind of demonic possession horror. And I really, really love that this is such a sweet story about uh, parents, specifically the bond between a father and a daughter. And I just thought that this would be something that would um, get you in the feels. So, yeah. Mm. Uh, it didn't. It didn't. Get me in the Whoa. feels. But what? That's not what? But that's not why I like it. Okay. I like it, but it's not for that reason. Okay. It's two things. One, I watched the trailer first, and then I was like, wait, where was Ethan Embry in that trailer? <laughs> you didn't recognize I was him. Like, 
No, not at all. I was like, wait a second. That shirtless, scraggly, tattooed-looking dude is the guy from Empire Records? Yeah. No, that's it ridiculous. And I was like, oh, my God, it was. And then they had a moving-in scene that really reminded me of Empire Records. And I was like, oh, okay, it is him. <laughs> the moving-in scene is the strangest scene like in that movie when it's just like the fast-forward, like, we're a happy family to heavy metal music as yeah. we're moving into our house. But it's so fitting. Um, it is. And you're right, the soundtrack was great. I actually, this is never something I would have talked about on the podcast. I have a weird soft spot for art horror i don't know why like there's an old tales from the crypt starring um tim roth where yeah i remember that like a tormented painter and like he people start dying and he's painting and this art collector wants to buy it and i love it it's so good and like like velvet chainsaw not the best horror movie but there's something about it that i really like something about that world and i'm not into the art world at all yeah. Like, I know that the old saying is, I don't know good art, but I know what I like. I don't even know what I like as far as <laughs> art is concerned. Um, but but Velvet Chainsaw also has one of the best line deliveries ever by David Diggs, also better known for, by, from a lot of people um, from Hamilton, where he's looking at this piece of art. Again, I'm talking about another movie now. He's looking at this piece of art as an artist. And all of a sudden, he just kind of gets up, shakes his head and says, damn, because he sees this piece of art that's so good that it's like changed his world and it's such this perfect little line delivery like as an artist like if you're a writer or a painter or a movie maker or whatever and you see someone else's work and you're like ah shit (laughs) somebody just made something so good like it's changed things for me um so i like art i like art horror so this worked for me but what i really love about it is pruitt taylor vince yes who is not discussed whatsoever in what I just described the movie as. <laughs> Thank you, IMDb. Pruitt Taylor Vince, people would, might recognize him. Might recognize him. Uh, he was in Constantine. He plays the priest who can like see things in Constantine. He is in Identity. He's got a very prominent role in I, the, the horror movie Identity. Um, if you see him, you know him. Very recognizable face. He is outstanding in this. I love him in this. He's... Like, he's got, like, this sheepish look, but he's got this imposing demeanor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you watch the trailer, there's this amazing scene that and it happens in the movie where he's holding a gas can. And he's just, like, but he's kind of, like, huddled within himself. And he's, like, just the gas. And, like, he sheepishly, like, puts a lighter down on the counter and stuff. And it's, like, he's, I love him. He's such a good character actor for me. Like, he... He doesn't yeah. need to say much. And yeah. the things he does say in the movie is haunting yeah. and sad. And no, it, it's it's a really good movie. I'm glad I watched it. The only thing, only marks against it, didn't like the existence of CGI in it. I understand why it had to be there. Yeah. Just understand. That's, yeah. Ignore that. The rest of the movie is really, really good. It is. So really would good. you recommend it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's It's dark. For a lot of reasons. It is. Um, And I didn't see, like I said, I didn't see like the heartwarming family part. Like (laughs) I did see it, but that's not what What gravitates me towards the story. But it it absolutely exists. Because it's also interesting seeing the juxtaposition between Ethan Embry and his wife. 
Yeah. You're like, wait, why is she into like this heavy metal dude and his daughter who obviously adores heavy metal music Just and the flying V guitar and everything else? And so there's a lot of see. I'm gonna talk myself into liking the relationship. And I, don't <laughs> I think that it's just a really realistic and sweet kind of portrayal of family dynamics. You know, like these yeah. people are bonding. They're you know, it just feels very distinct yet lived in. If that makes sense. Yeah, like, and the man and there's no manufactured tension within the family, except like, for the tension- like money. You know, yeah. which is not really between them. It's more of an every family kind of worry. How do we, you know, survive and keep supporting each other? Yeah, exactly. It's got nothing to do with, all right, it's the third or it's the second act. We have to pull them apart so they can come back together. Like it doesn't, that doesn't exist in the movie, which I always appreciate. Um, I follow that up with Xena's pick, 2015 Summer Camp on 2B. I don't think this is accurate either, IMDb, but we'll find out. <laughs> Four American counselors at a European summer camp must deal with the outbreak of a rage-inducing plague that starts in the animals. Four American counselors? Wasn't the main counselor yeah. from Spain? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, come on, IMDb. Anyway, uh, Zena, why'd you pick this one? Because this movie is unpredictable. And um, mm. you can't assume. Like, honestly, I thought that I knew where it was going, but I but I didn't. And I love the fact that it is a lower budget, so there's only a few locations, but they fully took advantage of the locations. I just feel like it's smart, and, you know, I really appreciate how they just – they had no holdback for their viewers. I'm really fascinated by – I think the thing that I – I almost equal parts like and dislike about the movie, mm-hmm. but weighted towards like. There, it's like the foremost. Di- I've never seen a movie where the four main characters are all like dis like not likable. <laughs> really, I kind of liked Michelle. Michelle wasn't that bad. Is Michelle no. Jocelyn Donahue? No. Yeah, but Michelle had something else going on in her life that only gets alluded to. Yeah. And you're like, well, what did she do? <laughs> like, yeah. The I was rooting for her. relationship with her mom. Yeah, but, like, the fact that she calls her mom, it's like, you've got a lot of gall calling. Whoa. whoa, whoa. <laughs> are we going to talk? Are we going to unpack this? No? Oh, okay. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, you're right. That's actually a, an excellent summation of this movie. I had no idea what was going to happen because it felt very... Like even watching the trailer, I felt like going in like, oh, I know, I get it. Okay, this is going to be zombie-ish, plague-ish, mm-hmm. whatever. And then it's stuff starts happening. You're like, okay. And then you're like, wait, why is that happening? I don't yeah. think I've ever seen that happen in a movie like this. What? And then like it starts unraveling. It starts to make sense. And then you're like, oh, you're right. It's it's original in a really in a in a genre that's not mm-hmm. like it's really hard to make an original i'm not going to call this a zombie movie per se an outbreak movie maybe mm-hmm. makes more sense um and i don't want to do spoilers to say like a more accurate title yeah don't <laughs> no. but it's it, but it really fascinated me because it was a different take on what was going on. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. Like, by the time I got to the third act, I was like, I like, it had pulled me in. Like, first act, I was kind of like, what are these people even doing in the woods? This is ridiculous. Why would they? They don't, none of them right. even seem to want to be there. <laughs> like, they would. Yeah. 
it's it's so weird too because even with um because i remember when it came out there really wasn't much marketing we just kind of boom the dvd i'm like oh you know and so um i i watched it and kind of like i thought i knew what was gonna happen and the fact that you didn't like it was just a very high energy and that's always a good time but then again Mm -hmm. i if you're someone who's burnt out on infection movies or zombie Mm -hmm. movies i recommend giving this one a shot absolutely 100 percent. yeah without a doubt it's if you're looking for a new angle on that sort of a genre because you really like the genre and you haven't seen summer Mm -hmm. camp i recommend it and i agree i'd never heard of it before in any stretch of the imagination and the title is really generic yeah so it'd be really easy just to jump over it and not have any idea what it was about because i would think summer camp well it's a slasher right or something you know yeah. it wouldn't have even occurred to me so yeah like there's definitely some issues with character if you like characters <laughs> but at the same time it works too because it's they're flawed people and they're flawed people making really poor choices a mm-hmm. lot of the time <laughs> But then, like, I have to try and take... I, every time I see someone make a poor choice in a horror movie, I have to take a step back and say, you know, I probably would have done the same thing. Like, if I hear bumps in the night, no, I'm not going to move out of my house assuming that it's haunted. That's ridiculous. Even though the housing market's amazing and I could probably sell really quick, I just have a hard time buying. But that's a completely different topic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yes, I, I thank you for recommending this because I can say without a doubt... I never would have watched this because I would have seen the title and I would have jumped right past it and not thought anything of it. Yay. So good pick, Zena. Now, this one was a Patreon request. 2006's Hatchet. Oh, yes, by? Becca White. Becca White. Thank you, Becca. Which everyone on the panel had seen. Last week I said I hadn't seen Hatchet. I was wrong. Uh, I was thinking of a different movie. I had seen Hatchet. I watched it again, though. This is a refresher. Anyway, so when a group of tourists in a New Orleans haunted swamp tour find themselves stranded in the wilderness, their evening of fun and spooks turns into a horrific nightmare. This one confused me so much when I first started watching it because I'm like, why do I know so many faces in this movie that seems really low budget? What's happening here? I'm not a. It's fine for a slasher. It's definitely not my favorite. Um, the kills are really good though, and that'll always pull me back in on a slasher. But it's shot so weird to me that I feel like I shouldn't recognize anyone in the movie, and I recognize most of the people in the movie. <laughs> you two talk about it though. Clearly, you've. I've. I've only. I, I haven't seen any of the sequels either. So especially if you two have had more inundation with this, you go. Megan, like, what do you think of this? Okay, so I have seen this, um, and I watched it probably when it was fairly new, and then I've obviously watched every single entry. Um, So I loved this back around 2006, uh, and every movie he gets better and better, and obviously he's done Mm. other stuff. Adam Green has done other movies as well as the Hatchet series. So watching this now, because I also watched it this week so we could talk about it, um, I almost don't feel like it holds up as well. Like, I, I, some of the humor still gets me. The kills are amazing. And it also makes me a little bit sad because, you know, Cracker Jack is the guy in the boat who warns them at the beginning. That's John Carl Beekler, and he 
did the special makeup effects and he's done a lot of special makeup effects throughout the years. Um, and as well as directed like Friday the 13th part seven, I pretty sure he did cellar dweller, which Zena talked about Mm -hmm. and he passed away two years ago. So it's kind of bittersweet Mm -hmm. to see him. I mean, he pops up again in hatchet too. Um, so there's a lot of things I still love, but I think I've kind of outgrown it because and really Becca inspired me to go back and watch all of them because I think Hatchet 2 might be my favorite. But now I have to go back and watch Hatchet 2 and 3 just to make sure Hatchet 2 is my favorite. So, yeah. And they're both on Tubi. I thought about watching them. Well, too, I, I, I own the first two for sure. Um, and I think Hatchet 3 might be... Uh, Victor Crowley is for sure, I think, on Shudder or something. Like, I remember seeing that pop up on a streaming app recently. So, yeah, for kills alone, though, like, the entire franchise is glorious. But, uh, Xena, thoughts? I'm sorry. I guess I'm, <laughs> I guess I'm immature because, yeah, like, I, I did rewatch it, too. I still feel like it's hilarious. Like, oh, yeah, no. I was c- crying from certain scenes, like, tears. Because there's this one particular scene uh, with the character of Marcus. He's trying to flirt with one of the girls. and then he's Oh, yeah. Her, like... <laughs> I lost it. Yeah. But she kind of just like scratches herself. Okay. Anyway, I like this one. I think that it's I fun, do. but but I do need to go back and like rewatch the other ones too, because yeah. it's been a while. I like the fact that I, I thought that this could have been like a, a new, fresh franchise. And it was at the time, you know, right. because we, it's been a while. And I like the fact that there's no CGI. It's just like old special exactly. effects. And um, again, you guys, you, you mentioned it like with the with the violence. The violence is amazing, and it um, it's still so you know, glorious, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do know this movie isn't going to be for everybody. You know what I mean? I've actually I've I've know some people who's just like they're not a fan of the series at all. Some people only watch the first one and they don't want to go on to the other ones. It doesn't it, reinvent the wheel at all. It's old yeah. school <laughs> slasher with like modern gore and you know humor. So yeah. And the yeah. humor gets like, and it never, never changes. Like the humor doesn't <laughs> evolve, and that's all. fine. Yeah. So yeah. I appreciate any horror. I love it when the fact that New Orleans is, is the setting for mm-hmm. it. Like I not love New Orleans. I can't wait to go back if there's ever a time where we get to go. I've back. totally taken pictures of like, hey, this Reverend Voodoo's. Yeah. Like, like in I, relation yeah, to Hatchet. That- yeah. Yeah, I've got those pictures on Instagram and Marie Laveau's and, and, and everything. We've, yes. And I've done haunted tours in New Orleans. I would never take a haunted boat tour. That Same. seems stupid I've, to me. I, I wouldn't do that. That's insane. But no I kind of might. River... I don't know. I mean, oh, not from... Boat in the not from... at night? Not, yeah, from no. where, not from that particular tour guide, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> With the rickety, scary was... bus and... Yeah. So, I, you know, when I say I outgrew Hatchet, I don't mean, like, I don't like Hatchet. I just mean that I think that he improved as a filmmaker with every okay. subsequent release. And so mm-hmm. I think True. some of, like, Hatchet 2 tops it both in quality and gore and body count. And I think that one is my favorite. So, But again, you... I'm going to have to go rewatch them all now just to verify. Would you guys be interested in, like, a another one or a reboot yeah i mean i I watched victor crowley and that wasn't that long ago if he wants to do more i will watch them like if he's putting them out and they sustain that level because i feel like one through three has a really good 
builds. Like it's it's mm-hmm. actually all one story that continues to build in actually a pretty smart way. And then Victor Crowley feels a little bit like a reset. So I think you could keep going. Plus, they left an end credit hook that means you have oh, to do yeah. another one. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, Xena and I will be, like, wearing our hatchet survivor tees to the next <laughs> premiere. John, and you're invited if, watch... you, if you like them I need not. to watch the rest. I just need to play catch up. There you go. Okay. But before I can play catch up, I need to know what I'm watching next week. And I can only do two because I have one earmarked for HBO that I have to watch for okay. next week. See, I'll let Xena pick first. Yeah, because so she's not stealing his house again. Yeah. Me? No, no okay. so I, Megan's I not stealing his yeah. house. You stole his house. Gosh, John. Okay, well, I... <laughs> Sometimes I like to give you options. Do you like options or you just want me just to just give you stuff and. Uh, just go. Just okay. throw it at me. Have you seen Haunt? The wait, the documentary? No. no. This one. From oh, is this the one with the extreme haunted house? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm so sick of you. Why have you seen the movies? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. We've actually started to find movies John's seen. No. Okay. Um. Don't worry. I have. I have another one. So I. I Good. guess I'm gonna go. Um. Old school with this one. Have you seen the baby? No. From 1973. Oh, <laughs> this will be from fun. when? 1973. That's definitely the oldest recommendation we've had so far. Is that a Shutter pick? It's on Tubi. Tubi. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay. We'll see how this goes. All right, Megan. What do you got? Uh, you spoon-fed me this one with a confession before we started recording. Uh, you, right. I demand you watch Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Byrne instead. I, I, was wondering, I was wondering if that was going to happen, if I was just Oh, totally. I have a list of picks, but as soon as you mentioned that, I was like, nope, nope, we're fixing that stat. It, it pops up for me, like, every single, every single <laughs> streaming service I have. It pops up like immediately. I've seen the trailer so many times and I just haven't committed. Him talking about building up your cardio. Yeah. Like every time I turn something on. So I'm like, good, I- I'll watch it. So you're saving me one way or another. Yeah. Okay. And then I have a third one that I can't wait to watch. If you two have seen it, I don't even want you to know because. <laughs> okay. I'm sure it's on. <laughs> It's on HBO. I literally just found it. I'd never heard of it. It looks amazing. Tell it's a us. horror comedy, so Tell I can't us. wait. No. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so what do we watch and how do we watch it? So I watch Slacks on Shutter and Within on HBO Max. I watched The Gin and Caveat both through Panic Fest Virtual. I watched Devil's Candy on Hulu, Summer Camp on Tubi, and I rewatched and we all watched Hatchet, which is also on Tubi. And I realized I did that backwards. Normally, I ask for picks first. Anyway, enough of what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? So we've talked before about Grady Hendrix novels and the various adaptations in the works, which included My Best Friend's Exorcism, which is what you talked about when you read it. Um, It had been optioned by Endeavor. So now the ball's officially rolling on getting this adaptation uh, production in the works. Um, That came with casting news so elsie fisher she was the lead in eighth grade mm-hmm. she's gonna star alongside amia miller kathy ang and rachel ogeki kanu production is already underway with damon thomas mm-hmm. directing uh, i guess damon thomas handled some penny dreadful stuff 
Uh, Fisher nice. recently starred in the second season of Hulu's now canceled cast uh, series Castle Rock, and she's going to be in the Fede Alvarez produced uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel that's upcoming. Um, and if you don't know, it's uh, the book. It's set in 1988 and centered on the relationship between Abby, who will be played by Fisher, and Gretchen, who will be played by Miller. They're two best friends uh, and sophomores in high school, and their friendship is tested when an evening of skinny dipping goes wrong and Gretchen begins to act differently, followed by bizarre occurrences. After some investigating, Abby begins to horrifyingly suspect her friend may be possessed by a demon. Christopher Landon, the... Uh, director behind Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You and Freaky. He's one of the film's producers. The script was written by Jenna Lamia, who is also a producer. And uh, Hendrix previously described his novel as Beaches Meets the Exorcist. John, since you most recently read it, do you feel like that's an accurate description? And how do you think this will translate on screen? Uh, It's been a while since I've seen Beaches, uh, (laughs) but that sounds vaguely accurate at least set in a particular time instead of across the entire lifespan of a friendship uh i think this is a good i I like the idea of this adaptation um mostly because so i think i liked horror store more uh for grady hendrix but for completely different reasons yeah not the least of which is that i know i couldn't parallel my life to the friendship of these two pubescent girls uh but it's a really good book, and mm-hmm. I think it's got the strongest adaptation potential for the Grady Hendrix books that I've read. I still have to finish reading the Southern the Southern book. Vampire, oh, that'll be the, fun. The, yeah. Yeah, I, I still have to read that one. I've got so many books that I have to finish reading. Same. <laughs> I keep starting new ones. Same. Like, Stop it. Just finish them. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to it. And the fact that it's already in production is even more exciting. Yeah. Like, I keep waiting for them to finally get production rolling on Head Full of Ghosts. So I know. the fact that they're at least... I mean, and and head full of go and head full of ghosts. The last I heard, they were just waiting for the official green light post COVID to get going again. Like they had everything ready and lined up. So come on. So the fact that they've, yeah. So the fact that they've actually started production on this, and I adore head full of ghosts as a novel too. But I and I still think my best friend's exorcism could translate better to the screen. Probably. Than yeah. Head full of ghosts because I can I in my head I can see how head full of ghosts can be a movie. Like, I don't think, um, unless they take some pretty big artistic license with the direction that they go, which they might, uh, but my best friend's exorcism, saying the exorcist in beaches oddly does make sense the more <laughs> I think about it. Like, I, I, I think that could, I think it could play. I think it could be a phenomenal adaptation and hopefully just a better opportunity to expose more people to Grandy Hedrick's books. Not that he's had a problem getting people's attention. But, no, I think it's, I'm excited for it. it. sounds awesome. Agreed. Uh, so, the writer of Host is making a real-time live-action horror game. So, Jed Shepard, the writer of last summer's huge Shutter hit, uh, the low-budget Zoom horror movie Host, uh, he's back with Ghosts. So, it's a brand-new experience. It's being billed as real-time live action. So, it's a tribute to the live-action video games of the 90s. Think, like, Night Trap, which... I believe was was Z- Night Trap one of your favorites, Cena. I, I don't think so. No, don't think so. Phantasmagoria, the Seventh Guest, all of those kind of like live action. Seventh Guest was a big one for yeah. me. Yeah. So uh, the cast is going to include basically the host cast. So Haley Bishop, Gemma Moore, Emma Louise Webb, Radina Drandova, and Caroline Ward. They'll be reuniting with Shepard for the uh, 
interesting hybrid project. So it's taking inspiration from the works of make screen screenwriter Nigel Neal and blurring the blurring of fact and fiction from the found footage movies of the last 25 years. So unlike previous games in this oft-forgotten genre, where they're creating a horror experience that's supposed to be scary and send full-motion video games screaming into the modern day. That's their, <laughs> okay. their verbiage there. So you play as a TV producer operating the outside broadcast van for a failing cable channel called Fright TV. Their flagship show is Ghosts. It's the only thing people want to watch on the channel anymore, a show that in its heyday captured millions of viewers on a major channel Viewers were glued to their screens as the presenter with a team of eager ghost hunters explored haunted locations around the country. So this game that's in the works, it will only work 10 p.m. your local time zone. You cannot play it any other time of the day. Like, you can only play at night. Uh, hmm. You'll be playing at the same time as everyone else in the country. Expect it to release sometime next year. So it's going to be coming from Limited Run Games. It'll be released on the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation, PC, and Mac. A special collector's edition will also be released. If you want more information uh, or details on how to support them on Kickstarter, literally go to the Kickstarter. There's there's even a trailer kind of video. Um, and I don't think that I mentioned... Yeah, so it's going to be written and directed by Jed, uh, Jed Shepard, and it's going to have a villain named The Long Lady, designed by Trevor Henderson, being created by the Jim Henson Creature Ooh. Shop. So, yeah, I think that's actually, like, a really cool aspect. So, we don't talk about games too much, but between the yeah. huge host success, we had re talked about horror video games, it just seemed like a pretty cool thing that people would be into. And then I chose this news specifically for Xena because it just seemed like a Xena news that she would be really into. Uh, so Pretty Little Liar star <laughs> Ashley Benson is starring and producing in Pandemic Slasher 18 and Over. So 18 and Over is uh, a pandemic-inspired slasher that she co-created with Jimmy Giannopoulos and Diomedes Raul Bermudez. Giannopoulos directed the indie horror film from a screenplay he co-wrote with Bermudez. The plot details are practically non-existent right now, other than it takes place when quarantine. Uh, it, I guess it sounds like it says the word, the wording of this is quarantine leads to a night of terror. So it sounds like some kind of lockdown scenario mm -hmm. traps people in places. They're getting hacked and slashed, which is cool. Uh, rapper musician G Easy composed the film's music, making marking the No Limit artist's first ever film score. Uh, Giannopoulos told Deadline, who broke the news, after deciding to shoot this film in the middle of the pandemic, we wanted to make something that would be fun, but still a terrifying slasher for audiences during these tough times. A film relevant to today's issues of a global pandemic, reality shows, isolation, only fans, and obsession. Uh, also interesting is the cast. So in addition to Benson starring, 18 and Over also stars John Foster, Jake Weary, Sky Ferreira, Louis Guzman, G. Easy, Duke Nicholson, Paris Hilton, and Pamela Anderson. If IMDb's current information on this movie is accurate, which I kind of recommend checking out just because I'm very curious who picked that header image because it's a girl in a bathtub wearing a Jason Voorhees mask. Um, I feel like that's some pretty fun art. But anyways, mm -hmm. IMDb is not always the most trusted as far as accurate information. So take this with a grain of salt. But if it is, that means Harris, uh, Paris Hilton is credited to play herself. And uh, Pamela Anderson will play Sheriff Rogers. 
which is an interesting casting choice to make her the sheriff, but we shall see. So I'm getting very kind of um, slasher comedy vibes from what little information there is. So again, I know Xena loves Pretty Little Liars, so this that's why this seemed like Xena news to me. I would like to know your thoughts on this. <laughs> I, I, I've heard about this one, and I think it sounds pretty interesting because it seemed like they were kind of inspired by like reality TV and OnlyFans. So let's see that as a horror movie, you know? <laughs> so it could be fun. Yeah. I mean, slasher movies. As long as you're given as good deaths, like any scenario you right? want to throw away. Okay, cool. We'll take it. Yeah. And uh, so there is a new kind of teaser clip that dropped last week. The original Ghostbusters ended with Gozer taking the form of a Godzilla-sized Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, the most harmless thing that Ray Stance could think of from his childhood. So that turned into a huge, iconic moment, right? So now Columbia Pictures is turning that character into a bag of mischievous mini puffs that run amok (laughs) in uh, this clip that was released for this fall's Ghostbusters Afterlife, the sequel to the original classic movies, haunting theaters on November 11th, 2021. So literally right around Thanksgiving. Um, It's a product placement heavy clip that sees Paul Rudd's character in a grocery store in front of rows and rows in the frozen section of Baskin Robbins ice cream and he hears a scream and he stops and then he goes about his business and it takes him down like the baking aisle with the ice cream toppings and the marshmallows where he sees a mini puffed burst forth from a bag and then it bites him and then it leads to a whole bunch of mini stay puff marshmallows cannibalizing each other roasting each other on the grills torching themselves on s'mores attacking it's chaos so it is unclear right now. I, it's it could be from footage from the film, but it's more likely promotion. Uh, to it didn't feel like it was film footage. No, it felt, it like, felt it like it's exclusive a exclusive clip sort of thing. Yeah, it feels like this is a promotional clip only for probably a Baskin Robbins tie-in, probably a Hershey's tie-in. Uh, for sure, toy lines already been announced for these mini pops. Yeah. So a Ghostbusters-themed cereal has already started to appear on shelves across the country. So, well, I'm sure as the actual marketing ramps up, we'll talk more about this movie and, like, the details that emerge casting plot-wise, blah, blah, blah. But I wanted to talk about it because it caused... Everything causes a huge uproar online. Yeah. But there were a lot of vocal uh, mm-hmm. people on Twitter and social media not happy about a mini Stay Puffed they're not yeah, having it i saw that but you know what i think i think it's cute I it, think is, it's really... it is cute and you know clearly there's going to be a whole lot if if we're getting special clips that are literal pl- product placement to tease an upcoming like marketing for merch and mm-hmm. tie-ins then we're just get ready to see a whole lot more of ghostbusters afterlife yeah. in the coming months I mean, I, uh, but I, I can't be mad at Mini Stay Puffs. I don't know. Like, Xena obviously does. John, do you have any feelings whatsoever? I think I just need to buy a t-shirt that says, Calm down, Twitter. <laughs> I mean. Crazy. It is. People can't have to react immediately to things they just saw with no context whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's just mini Stay Puffs. <laughs> so what? Plus, Why did min- Don't let the mini Stay Puffs hurt you. Right. Yeah. It's okay. 
it's like it kind of gave like gremlin vibes so i thought that yeah. people would be into it you know guess yeah. not i mean i'm so and, and for again not being on twitter anymore i don't know if it's people that are like it's a whole oh, you're killing our childhood because the state it's not even a killing a childhood I, i've seen some things that are like you're killing our adulthood because the first movie is kind of it is very grown up in ways but i think this franchise has long been kind of assimilated to childhood mm-hmm. like it's it's more of a kid's property now than it was it's one of my daughter's favorite horror movies yeah this one, ghostbusters like, was the thing that literally got me into horror i watched it at age four i didn't understand ray stance getting a bj from a ghost at age four that oh didn't come oh, to i didn't understand until i was like 30 i didn't I was understand like, until that now. ghost is doing what <laughs> Well, he dreamt about it. It didn't really happen, but he oh, was yeah. fantasizing about it. And I didn't know that during as a kid. So, and yeah. Was, I love the original Ghostbusters. Same. As problematic as plenty of the scenes are. And, you know, like, why does Peter Venkman have Thorazine? Well, why did he have that ready for his date? Are going to talk about that? No? All right, we'll keep moving on. That's the adult humor stuff that, you know, people yeah. people want to hold on to that, I guess. I don't know. But, like, I adore it, and you're not going to redo it. You're not going to recapture it. There's no point in it. So having a sequel or a reboot ever, it just stands on its own. Is it going to be a good movie or not? You don't compare it against the original. It's just stupid. It's, people yeah, got it's to learn to get over it. Piece. How many remakes is it going to take and before people understand this? Everybody's returning, which, you know, is interesting, too, because Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Sigourney Weaver, Annie Potts, they're all coming back for the sequel. Which, again, Good. we'll probably talk about more as as the actual marketing. I think at this point, though, all I've got is the, the mini puffs. They're cute. Mm-hmm. Most of all, what flavors you got, Baskin-Robbins? Because I like ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just give us the ice cream. Like, yeah, it's I cute. Would, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give yeah. us the ice cream. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I went to Baskin-Robbins to get their Stranger Things flavor. Oh, how was it? It was good. It was good. <laughs> A pretty easy sell with ice cream, though. All right, listeners, your turn. Excited about ice cream? We Can't all wait are. For some mini puffs of your own. Let's hear about it. Numbers 224-475-1040. The number's also in the show notes. If phones aren't your jam, don't worry. If you don't want to call us every voice on the air, international rates are messing with you up. Feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com or keep an eye on our social media accounts for a chance to ask questions. Finally, Zena's gonna make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in on what we should be watching. So Zena, what should we be watching? So uh, coming out on Tuesday, the 13th, we have two movies coming to DVD. Uh, well, Honeydew will be available on DVD, VOD, and digital. Strange cravings and hallucinations befall a young couple after seeking shelter in the home of an aging farmer and her peculiar son. Then we have Williams Wonderland. It will be available on DVD. A quiet drifter is tricked into a janitorial job at the now-condemned Willie's Wonderland. Next thing he knows, that he has to fight for his survival. Ooh. Then on... <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed it just seemed fitting, you know. Then, I love it. I love it. Then on Thursday the fifteenth, the Banishing will be available on Shutter. The story of the most haunted house in England in the nineteen thirties: a young reverend and his wife, daughter, and daughter move into a manor with a horrifying secret. And then on Friday we have Jacob's wife. It will be available on VOD. Bodies start to pile up when a woman discovers a new sense of power and an appetite to live bigger and bolder than ever. Oh, bloody Boom. disgusting TV! Woo! Yeah. 
Okay. And that's the Bloody Disgusting Podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at thebloodydisgusting.com or on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on her own site, realqueenofhorror.com, and YouTube channel of the same name, or at LovelyZena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod. On Facebook at the Bloody Disgusting Podcast. Getting closer. <laughs> uh, or email us at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And for even more content and rewards, some of which we are recording right after this, oh, check nice. us out on Patreon.com slash BeDisgustingPod. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zeno. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now. Every town has its dark history. Hometown Ghost Stories is a paranormal podcast that goes town to town all across the globe, exploring the world's most haunted places, tapping into the dusty archives and the darkest corners to bring you the most terrifying stories of real people and their harrowing experiences. Hometown Ghost Stories dives into the history of haunted locations and investigates why and how these places earned their terrifying reputation. Rob, Dave, and Jesse go live every Tuesday night after an uninterrupted documentary-style breakdown on the case, followed by an open discussion with live viewers. Subscribe today to listen to Hometown Ghost Stories on your preferred podcast platform or watch the video version on YouTube and now Spotify. Head on over to the Bloody FM Podcast Network and check out Hometown Ghost Stories, if you're brave enough. (laughs) 